Hi, beautiful folks. Welcome again. Let me ask you something. Some of us at times get choked up, become lost for words, and shut down when we hear a tragic news, especially of someone they know. The other person may or may not understand your reaction with your sentiments. How do you handle that? How do you cope with a grief or sudden loss? What is your reaction? Well, Sherry Dunlevy, our special guest, will be discussing on how you can become a better person and take a healthier measure in your communication upon hearing a saddened news and how you can become proactive in supporting your loved one. Sherry has her own podcast and a new Facebook group called Graduating Grief. And it is a group to help women step out of the pain of their loss and support them as they choose to journey back to joy. She also wrote a book called My Journey, started 20 years ago after the death of her son, which led to a total life transformation after the age of 50. So let's hear from Sherry, who will be giving us resourceful tips from her book called How Can I Help? That guides to help people know what to say, and do to support friends suffering from life's difficulties like death, divorce, a diagnosis, or job dismissal. Hi, Sherry. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I am doing well and fantastic to have you on board. I am so excited, Sherry, because most of us talk about grief from a high-level perspective, how someone's going through, what they're doing, but you are a person who's actually taking extra step to understand how to deal with grief and help those who may not understand how to react towards grief. And so before we start, Sherry, can you give our audience a bit of a background about you? Because I may not have done enough justice. Oh, okay. Thank you. So my background is I was a television news anchor for many years, and I started right out of college at this station in Steubenville, Ohio. And so my audience, they they watched me basically grow up. They, they watched me as I got married, as I had my first son, and as I was pregnant with my second son. And, um, and then we had complications with that pregnancy. And my son, Brandon, was born, and he lived for 29 days. And, and he died. And so this was a very public loss. You know, everybody, everybody witnessed that with me. And, and I was lifted up, my husband and I were lifted up and we were loved by so many people. But there were some people that were so close to us that we thought were going to be there. And they just disappeared out of our life. And it was so incredibly painful. And it was funny, because through the years, as we were healing, I found out that it's not just when you lose someone you love. People step out of your life or back out of your life if you've any kind of hardship that you're going through a lot of times. And I was wondering, why? Why would you do that? And it, it, it comes down to one word, fear. Yes. I think in, in the case of uh, one of my closest friends, it was because she was pregnant at the same time. And so knowing that someone that she knew could actually lose their child was so scary to her that she became paralyzed, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I think also with some of the men that backed out of my husband's life, 
I think it was because they were afraid that they were going to say something wrong mm -hmm. or mess it up, mm -hmm. you know, because we don't talk about these things. Oh. Right. And I think also, too, there's just some people that truly do not know what to do or say. Thinking about that through the years, I just kept thinking, oh, gosh, if there was just something out there that could help these people, that could just take the thought out of it. Like your thoughts become fear. Go to a book and look down a list and I can do this and I know it will help. But there was nothing out there. And I kept looking for it. I'd walk every bookstore I went into. I Googled it. I went on Amazon. And there was this inner voice that kept saying, Sherry, if you're not going to find it unless you write it. So I want you to write it. And that was very scary to me because I never set out to be an author. I never set out to do this. This was mm. just something that was called upon my heart. And I feel like I was being obedient to spirit in doing it. But what I realize now, looking back on all of this, is that my career in television actually was setting me up for this. I learned how to interview people. I learned how to tell people's stories. I learned how to compile information. So this is exactly what I did. I just went out and I asked people who have been in all these situations. They've lost loved ones. They've lost jobs. They've Their marriages have dissolved. They've been diagnosed with cancer. They've had to leave their careers to take care of pa parents with Alzheimer's. All these different scenarios. You know, what, how have your friends and family lifted you up and carried you through? What were some of the more unique things that they did? What were some of the things that helped you the most, you know? And what were some of those things that maybe weren't weren't so helpful. And I put it all in a book called How Can I Help? And really, truly, I mean, you can read it cover to cover and you can, and, and, and it tells a little bit about my story. This is, I, I think that if I hadn't had my story, this would never have happened. But you can read it cover to cover, but you can also just go to the chapter. Oh, divorce. What can I do to help my friend who's just divorced? And it gives you a list of things that the people who've gone through divorce tell you it's most helpful. Some of these things might, I could never do that. That's fine. Pick something you can do. But my thought process on this is it's better to do something even awkwardly than to not show up and do anything at all. That's so correct. Because the worst thing you can do is not be there for someone. Right. And they will guide you if they're going through the grief, what they're expecting or what they want out of you? Well, hopefully. And that's what I also talk to the grievers in this book, that we have to be open with our communication. Yes. But what I think people have to understand about grief, too, is at the very beginning stages, you, you don't have clear thought. So, for example, one of the things that everyone says and that pretty much everyone means is if there's anything I can do, let me know, right? Yes. Now, I don't say that that's wrong, but let me help you say it in a better, more helpful way. Give them three suggestions of things that you're willing to do. Mm -hmm. Do not, because they don't even know what they don't know, right? They don't right. know what day of the week it is many times, let alone what they need. And think about the woman who she, they divided up the household duties and she loses her husband and she took care of the inside of the house. He took care of the outside of the house. Now she might need her grass mowed, but she doesn't even realize that her lawn needs mowed because she never even had to do that. It's not till two weeks down the line that she sees her grass growing 
or the shrubs growing out of control that she realizes, oh my gosh, I need that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you're putting the responsibility back on that person to come up with something. Mm -hmm. So I always say, offer three things. Can I make phone calls for you? Can I mow your lawn? Can I take some laundry? Can I pick up some groceries? Do you need me to watch the children? Can I watch? Do you need me? Whatever you're willing to do. And they might say, no, I don't need anything right now, but they can tuck that away. And then you know what? Don't leave it at that. Check back with them next week and the week after that. I think what you're mentioning about grief, it can be numerous things for many people. It can be the loss of loved ones. It can be something quite tragic, such as losing a house, or it can be a death in the family. It can be even the sickness that I, I went. What is the other few steps that would help us out? Well, I would say, yes, communication. And remember that it's not about you and your fears. It's about stepping out of those fears to help someone who needs you now more than they've ever needed you and need your support. So if you can just take that out. And also in this book, I talk to those grieving or those suffering and say, listen, your friends want to show up for you. You know their heart. You know that they just want to help you through this. So don't be caught up in the awkwardness of how they might say things or how they might do things. Right now, it's the best that they can do. So let's try to extend them a little bit of grace for their awkwardness. When when my son died, I remember uh, an incident. We did not have a viewing at the funeral home, but we had a funeral mass. There was a young man that I worked with and this was probably his very, very first experience with death. And he knew that you were supposed to, that one of the traditions was to send flowers, right? right? But we did not have a funeral home. We did not have that portion of it. So as I was leaving church from my son's service, he's standing outside the limousine with this potted plant. Now, by all intents and purposes, is that proper? Is that right? No, it's not. And I could have been all bent out of shape and said, you know what? He didn't even, but it was so meaningful that he just wanted to ease my suffering in some manner that I still talk about this 21 years later. And that's what I want the grievers to know. You can be offended if you want. Okay. I know you're in deep pain, but your friends are showing up and they're saying something and it, sure, it might be awkward and sure, it might not be the right thing, but where's their heart? Where is their heart? And if you can just look for their heart, that's where you find your healing. Absolutely. The steps we can take and the measures we can help with others with this kind of grief. Grief is a very broad word, right? Yeah. But there are many different emotions tied to the grief. How does one know that someone is actually grieving when they're not saying a word or they're not behaving in a way that seems that they're sad? Are there any symptoms that shows that they're grieving? Well, I go into schools a lot and I try to educate um, people in the school system because grief, when we think of grief, we think of someone sad. We think of someone in despair. 
we think of someone crying all the time. In in Western society, we treat grief as in you get three days off and you come back to work and you should be better. That's not how it works. And so what are you doing when you get to work? You, you obviously can't fall apart. So you are literally holding it together for as long as you can for that eight hours. And then you don't know if that person is falling apart the minute they get in their car and shut the car door. You don't know if they are going into the bathroom at lunchtime and they are just crying their eyes out. You don't, it it shows up in sadness. Yes. It shows up in withdrawal. It shows up in risky behavior. Someone is comforting themselves through eating on oh, COVID. How many people have gained weight in COVID? We're eating our feelings, really? right? We eat our feelings. We drink our feelings. We do anything to escape our feeling. People, so risky behavior, children might have risky behavior and children might act out. You might see more anger. You there, and, and you might see withdrawal. Someone who was Mr. Life and Mrs. Life with a party always brought in the joke. Um, and even if you're not seeing a change, you still need to check in with them. How are they doing? Just how are you doing? I always tell people, listen, I'm here and I have ears to listen and shoulders to cry. I'm going to check in with you from time to time. And if you're ready, that's great. And if you're not, I just want you to know I love you. And I'm thinking about you and I want to check in on you. Not everybody more and men grieve differently than women. Women want to talk about it. Men don't want to talk about it. They want to be distracted by it. That's why hobbies are great things. Absolutely. A lot of us have different aspects of handling the grief. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some go through a lot of withdrawal and some, depending upon if they're kids, can have outbursts. Even adults can have outbursts. So touching base with them from from time to time is quite important. Just you cannot take someone for a face value. No. No. I agree. It, yeah, someone can look perfectly put together. Well, but it's not like the olden days where you wore black for a year. And so people knew they don't. And you don't want to really draw attention to yourself. And that's why I always tell employers too: before your people that have lost someone come back to work, have a conversation with them. How do you want them? What do they want when they come back? Do they want people rallying around and gathering around them and welcoming them back? Or they just want to come back to work because they need something in their life that feels normal. We don't talk about grief. We don't deal with, we deal with it very poorly and we're awkward at it only because we don't practice it. You've mentioned quite a bit on what grief is. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest factors of handling grief is communication. Mm -hmm. What else can we do when we hear a sad news or some tragic uh, situation that someone's going through? For example, uh, a bit about me is that it's now a year and a half ago that I lost my entire house in flood. That was quite tragic because I was gone for a conference, came back, and my entire house was gone just because of a pipe burst. Needless to say, we were sort of homeless for quite some time. Mm -hmm. When we go through that, we will have several emotions that comes out, right? We, it's, it's, it's that you're going through panic attacks. You're going through a lot of emotional pain, such as uh, fear, anxiety, and emotional loss, which relates to you becoming unstable in your mind. Mm-hmm. Not sure where to go and how to handle things. You've lost control of your stability. The first thing I did was tell my close friends 
what I went through. I felt it's important to have that social support who can relate to what I'm going through. Not necessarily that I need their help, but just right. a way to understand if I need, I will come to you. But many may not be as strong in terms <laughs> of asking for that social support or immediately reaching out. Mm -hmm. I was blessed in that sense because I had group of friends who were supportive and helping me in any way that they can for the one year that mm -hmm. we went through this. What do you suggest for those? It's a two factor a question. One is what do you suggest for those who are grieving? Because I was able to ask, but not many people can. And two, what about those who are trying to support you. Yes, communication is great and asking how do you do, but what are the means and steps that can you take to give that support to these people who have gone through some tragic loss in their life? Okay, so what if they're not strong enough to ask for help? That is, I have a very deep spiritual faith, and so I went to my higher power. It'd be the first place that I would go, and if you don't have a higher power, I, I really relied on mine. I relied on the chaplains and the nuns in the hospital that were there. It did not matter what denomination, what faith. I think it's all one God. So it doesn't matter to me wherever I could draw spiritual strength is what I needed. So that was the first thing yeah, that I that's called important. on. Right? That's very important. Yeah. That was the first thing that I called on. The second thing is where you, where people today have an advantage where I did not have that time is there are so many groups out on Facebook and on social media that you can find that support. There are many, and I have one that it's different than most. It's something that's much needed. And, and I've, as I've been talking to women about it, what they love about it is that it is, it's filled with hope and it's filled with faith and it's filled with knowing that you don't have to be in this place forever that you can heal it's called graduating grief you graduate from the pain of your loss or your difficulty and so that you can take the steps to living with joy again mm. it's a process it's a mm. journey and so we journey together and we encourage each other and we inspire each other and i try to provide tools for women to use so that they can put them in their toolbox for when they need them it might not serve them right now but it can serve them in their journey. It was something that I needed. I did have a wonderful support group, but what I found after about a year of uh, telling my story, it was just telling the same sad story all the time and then listening to everybody else's pain, which I do believe is part of the healing process, but I needed to graduate from that. I needed to find how can I live again? How can I be, you know, make an impact in the world? How can I find purpose in my life now after this? And so I would say there's so many things that you can do online. And that's what my podcast is about, Graduating Grief. What can you do to help? What, what is important to do to support people? In my book, there were two answers that kept coming up over and over and over. One answer actually came through from every single person that was in you know, that I interviewed for the book and that was be there. Mm. What does be there look like? 
be there can be so many different things. Be there right now can't be what be there was even 10 months ago, because we really can't just show up and hold someone's hand because of the social distancing, right? But we can be there electronically through Zoom meetings. We can be there through phone calls. We can be there through FaceTime. We can be there through an app called Marco Polo. There's so many ways that we can show up and be there. We can be there just by texting someone every day. I think people are so caught up with, well, they never answered me. They never returned my call. They probably don't want me to call. I had a friend who was dying of a brain tumor who was in a nursing home and she was not taking phone calls, but for some reason she was scrolling Facebook. So I thought, how can I get messages to her? that support and inspire her. And I went into Messenger and I just started recording messages to her. It wasn't really important what she said to me. It was important what I could say to her to offer her love and encouragement and support. And I would just say, Mary, I know you don't want to talk to me, but I want to talk to you and I want to let you know how much I love you and that I'm praying for you and that, and then I would share a memory from college that we had just thinking about this today. And wasn't that so much fun and, and just little things like that. And every so often I would send her a message and I knew she was hearing them and I could tell that she was hearing them. And, and I know that that was just adding a little bit of sunshine to her day. But she wasn't able to talk because she had a brain tumor, right? But she could hear me and she could still be encouraged. So we can always find some way to show up to be there for someone. And we might just have to be creative now, but we can do that. And the second thing, and although this was not 100%, this was about 98%, was pray. Pray, offer prayers and let people know that you're praying. And some people actually said that they felt the prayers were palpable, that they could feel surrounded by the prayers. And I can tell you that was true for me as well. There's, it felt like a warm blanket. Just to know, one woman wrote, just to know that someone's took time in their day and focused on me and what I was going through and sent up a prayer on my behalf meant the world to me. Those are two things that you can Absolutely. do right now. I completely resonate with that. If you are able to hold someone in your prayers and send them well wishes and just what really is admirable, what you said, just send them nice text messages, simple things. And remember the, the, the good memories that you had with them just to help them to overcome the grief in a nice, settled manner. Yeah. You're not trying to make sure that they become happy. You, you're, of course, there with them. But the way you are sending messages, trying to keep them smiling, being there in any way you can is absolute best gift you can give someone like who's going through a grief. It it truly is. I mean, it truly is. And one of the things that I just want people to know is I'm going to let you off the hook. There are no perfect words that are going to change this. There are none. So you cannot find them because they do not exist. Love is what heals. So show them love. Is there any other measures we can take to support those who are grieving? Well, yeah, there are lots of different things. And I mentioned a lot of them in my books. And one of, you know, one of the unique things I thought was really interesting is someone said, everyone comes with food when someone dies. They, they come with food. They come with hams. They come with desserts and cakes and pies. She said, but someone came with breakfast. 
And that was great. We had to eat in the morning, but we didn't have coffee. And I had all these people coming in from out of town. And when they showed up with a bagel basket with Danish and coffee and tea, that was wonderful. And I have another friend who's in the beverage industry. So she'll bring ice and cups and beverages for everyone. Just little things like that. And here was another one that is not in my book, but when I give my talks, there was a woman who stood up and she was, she shared this story. And I just, I just want to tell everyone this because we all have something, some kind of gift that we can offer. So she said that her friend who worked in medical coding, I think it was, came up to her and said, I know you're overwhelmed right now with your son's accident and all the piling up of medical bills and all of that. She said, I, I do this for a living. I would, if you don't think that it's an intrusion, I'd, I'd be happy to go through your bills with you to make sure that you're not overbilled, to make sure that your insurance matches up. And she stood up and she started crying and she said, I was letting those bills stack up because it became so overwhelming to me. So, you know, we, offering that gift. Can you imagine how beautiful and how much, oh, she, she allowed that woman to exhale. She Amazing. gave her a gift that you can't put a price tag on. Mm -mm. No, that's beautiful. That is so sentimental and really touches your heart that so many people were out there for you to help through this journey. Mm -hmm. Believe me, if that were, if someone had stepped out in that way, that would have been right up there because oh. that, that is overwhelming. That is. And it's so kind and generous. Yes. God, yeah. I, I'm impressed by the human element, how people are out there just supporting each other from day to day and hats off to them. I really appreciate that. And I, and I think for you to come out and speak after your grieving journey and turn this into a strength is commendable because many of us just don't know where to go and how to which path to take and for you to be the strength for those who are grieving and could be grieving and taking active measures to how to support each other it's it's a beautiful gift you're giving everyone and i really appreciate that thank you can i share what probably one of the most valuable gifts that i got please and i will tell you and i cry every time i think about it but um a, a woman sent us a card after my son died, I didn't know her very well. She was a neighbor of my in-laws. But the story is important because it taught me three things. She said in the card, to, and I'm paraphrasing, but my gosh, how blessed you were to be chosen to be Brandon's parents. She said, his short life, do you realize how many people got down on their knees and prayed on his behalf? He brought more people to God than most people do in their lifetime. This is what that did for me. First of all, it showed me that it doesn't matter what you've accomplished, who you are. Every life matters and every life can make an impact. Even someone who no one got to see, who only lived 29 days, who never spoke a word, who never had any huge accomplishments as we see in life. His life mattered and it made an impact. It also made me think if his life in 29 days can make an impact, what am I doing with my years? We think about our career paths. We think of whether we want to get married. We think about how many children we want to have, but do we really think about how we want to show up in the world, who we want to become? And I started to think about that. And the third thing that that showed me is that a simple note in a card when someone is hurting 
can literally change their life. Mm. I love to share that story because you can find yourself in any of those situations. Yes. yes so and true. that's why it's important for us to live on purpose, live with passion to make our impact. And that's why it's important to step out of our fear and step into love. That's, that is so true. And it's, it's a very difficult thing to talk about with this topic. When we discuss about grief, many of our listeners were probably going to be remembering the things that they've gone through, just, mm -hmm. just such as, especially you and I, what we've gone through, understanding, even though you've gone through so many tragic moments and grief, like you said, it's how you can step back. Mm -hmm. You know, that that is itself a strength and anything you can turn into a strength. Yeah. And I thank you for that. We shared a lot about those that are grieving and mm -hmm. those who can support those that are grieving. You've mentioned quite a bit in terms of what the symptoms are and the emotions of grief. Is there anything else we should be able to take away from our talk today? A couple of things I think are important. So if you've ever gone through something tragic and you don't know what to do, maybe go to what do you wish someone would have done for you and start there. Secondly, sometimes just letting someone know, not that you understand their pain, but you understand that type of pain. If you've gone through, someone has lost a child. I can't say I know how you feel because I don't. I know what that pain feels like of losing a child. Mm. Okay. And sometimes just knowing that there are other people out there that have that knowing just somehow makes a difference. Okay. Know that you don't have to have the magic words to do and say anything and just show up in love. That's, that's the most important thing. We can, for the griever or for the person that's going through, you can let this situation, I always say, my son's death did not define me. I did not want to be known as the poor news anchor who lost her son. End of my story. That was my son's story. That was a chapter in my story. You can choose to let this define you or you can let it refine you. And if you let it refine you, you can find the lessons in it. Beautiful. Thank you. Now, the group you belong to or you've created mm -hmm. and some of the books you've written. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about that? One book called How Can I Help? Okay. One book is called How Can I Help? I'm soon to be writing the Graduating Grief book. Oh, okay. um, but yes. Yeah, so how can I help your go-to guide for helping loved ones through life's difficulties? You can find that on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, any of those. So if you want uh, a signed copy, and I always say, you know, this is the perfect book to every, this is the book that every person needs to read. And it's the book every griever wishes their friends would read. This is a great book to gift to people. This is like, consider this like a cookbook, okay? Mm -hmm. This is the recipe for stepping. These are the recipes. These are the ingredients you need to learn how to support people. If you want a personally signed copy, you can go to sherrydunlevy.com and do that. I just started the Graduating Grief podcast and, and the Graduating Grief Support Group. And this group is designed to help women move out of the pain of their grief and help support them as they step back into living on purpose mm. with passion and joy so they can make an impact on the world. 
Beautiful. Thank you so much. And I hope the listeners got that. And I'm sure they'll be tuning in soon, or at least giving feedback to their loved ones to help them to join your group. That And thank you. And maybe pick up that book, listeners, and give that as a gift. I think uh, those who are around you will love this beautiful process steps, sort of like what Sherry said, a recipe for emotional healing. Now, Sherry, thank you so much for coming on board. I really enjoyed our talk and I really enjoyed what you've shared, the beautiful gift of how to handle during grief. It's completely resonated with me and quite relatable. And I appreciate that. Is there anything else would you like that the audience know before we sign off? It is always a choice. It's a choice to step out or retract. It's a choice to heal or stay where you are. So the key word here is what are you going to choose? Right. What are you going to choose? Exactly. There you have it, listeners. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining in today and looking forward to seeing you next time. Have a wonderful, blessed day and cheers and health. Take care. Bye.